You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about storytelling strategies for small businesses. Let's be honest, we all love a good story, and there are plenty of studies that show people more easily remember stories rather than reciting facts like baseball stats. It also makes us more personable and relatable, really. Um, But when it comes to telling our own stories, sometimes it can be a bit stifling. We, when we come up with telling our own stories, sometimes we, um, we forget the, the most important pieces, but they can be the most important and powerful things that we can do for our business. So getting really, really clear on what your story is and how to properly communicate that can be a game changer for our businesses. Um, so I'm really excited to talk with today's guest. We have Mel Rip, the owner and founder of Peapod Marketing and PR Consulting a full-service marketing communications firm for female entrepreneurs and executives. And she focuses on telling the best story across multiple mediums. And I think that's something that we can all benefit from. So welcome to Eloma, Mel. Hi. Hi, Kylie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. (laughs) Um, Mel, we met almost two years ago, I think it is, in Indie Collective with Sam Lee, who's also been on the podcast. Yes. such a small world. And I've been following you actively on LinkedIn. You are so lovely and creating all of your LinkedIn content. Um, but, and I think that's a great example of, uh, walking the walk and not just talking the talk, right. Especially when it comes to storytelling. So tell me a little bit about how your story has changed over the last couple of years. Absolutely. So, um, yes, like you said, Kylie, we met at Indie Collective and, you know, Indie Collective is obviously a, a co well, not obviously a cohort program where you learn a lot of different things about, you know, how to, how to move your business forward. And I remember one of the first things that we talked about in Indie Collective was identifying your ideal client. And yeah. I have been in business full time for it'll be four years the day after Thanksgiving. Um, And I've been um, doing a Peapod has been a thing for about 15 years. So only four years full time. And I have never done the work to identify my ideal client. And I remember just being really um, just kind of shocked into like, I, I just I could not act when when Sam was going through all of the stuff around ideal client, because we kept talking about things like, oh, what industry or, you know, do you want to work with startups or, you know, like, you know, how um, how much money should that that company that ideal company of yours have? And and I kept coming back to the fact that, like, I really wanted to work with people like me. Mm-hmm. And by me, I meant um you know, kind of women in their late 30s to maybe mid 50s or late 50s, you know, women of a certain, um, you know, working age that just um, have put their head down, have worked all of their lives and had kind of been, had kind of assumed that somebody would tap them on the shoulder and, and you know, pay attention to them or, or lift them up to a um, leadership position or give them a big contract. And um, I wanted, I really wanted to help women understand that they can feel empowered to do all of those things on their own. And it really just starts by sharing their story. And mm. that's kind of what I've been doing in the two years since Indie Collective is really trying to hone in on what is the best way to help female entrepreneurs and ex- executives tell their story in a way that feels distinctly personal, but it also helps them get to their goals, whether that goal is mm being on a speaking stage, whether that goal is um, as simple as getting more LinkedIn followers and, and becoming a thought leader, um, or whether that is simply getting a promotion or, or getting a, a more a job that's better suited for them. And so, you know, kind of being able to adapt your story and and kind of combine it with what you want to achieve. Um, that's kind of what I've been trying to work on for the past couple of years. No, I think that's really powerful too. And especially as we're in this place in the world where I think everybody is kind of revisiting what they want and what their values are and figuring out professionally and personally, like what aligns. And I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of the work we do at Ray Knight is 
going deep on understanding those things about yourself and what you want. Um, but I think that you bring up a really good point. You can't really tell your story until you get, you do some, um, uh, introspective work on yourself. Right. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this, uh, for everybody listening and they're like, okay, yeah, I need to do a better job of telling my story, which is probably most people listening. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be taking notes myself. Um, what are the key elements that we as owners need to be sharing when it comes to telling our own stories? And I love that you also said, and make sure that you weave in like the goals that you're trying to accomplish as well. So what are the key elements that we should be sharing? Absolutely. So I think that um, this might be all over the place because I get pretty passionate when I start to talk about it. <laughs> But, um, so I, I promise to try to keep it together. Um, one of the things that I just think is really important is trying to find that, that Venn diagram between the, the questions and the things that you can confidently speak about. And then, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, what you want your target audience to take from that. Right. And so, um, like when I think of all of the things that I can, I can confidently speak about, and honestly, like I've had clients make lists of these things. And so we, we actually have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I did this myself one time and, you know, I can confidently speak on everything from the best smelling candles for your office, um, to, (laughs) to, you know, um, being, you know, having imposter syndrome as an entrepreneur, um, to having anxiety as an entrepreneur, um, you know, to building, you know, uh, for me, a a quarter of a million dollar um, business just by myself, right? Um, And so um, all of those things really are are kind of parts of my story that, um, you know, that do have kind of these I guess these endpoints and and these through points for um, being able to share your story um, a little bit better. So I think that if you can kind of harness those things and and honestly just a brain dump of like what is it that i am that i feel good and comfortable and empowered about sharing um and and it doesn't i think the key elements conversation is interesting because for me those elements are just those things that like they give me the tummy tickle you know i get excited <laughs> and, I, I know it's, I it's it. a weird it's such a weird thing to say but like i i don't mind sharing about vulnerability as an entrepreneur because yeah I was first starting and Kylie, you probably feel the same way, but like when I was first starting as an entrepreneur, I didn't see a lot of people like me that were starting and wondering how the heck do I do all of this? I was seeing a lot of people that were like, oh, well, here's how you scale to a seven figure business. And I I felt like I needed that key element to show up in my work for all of the people that were coming after me. Right. Um, So, you know, there's that. I think there's anything that you've learned. You know, I'm not really a big fan of kind of you should do this or you must do this. I'm a fan of, hey, I tried this. It worked for me. It might work for you. And so those elements, I think, are really important. Um, And I think the other elements are just, you know, your origin story, where you've come Mm. from. Um, And I think it can be anything from who you were as a kid. You know, I always tell a story about being in third grade and writing a story about a laughing hyena that lost its laugh. And that's how I knew I wanted to be a writer. You know, we all have those stories. Like, it doesn't matter if you're in third grade or if you're 39 years old. Like, we all have those those stories that kind of get us to that point where we're like, I am right where I need to be. And I think sharing those elements are so important, too. And, And they're all there if you just take a moment and kind of start to extract them from yourself. Sounds a little strange, but I mean, it doesn't, you know, there's, there's this misconception out there that in order to have, you know, this personal brand or in order to be writing about yourself, you have to be, um, you have to build it. You know, my, my thought is like, you already have those components. It's about just making sure that those key elements or those building blocks are there. And so you can move them around as you start to write and as you start to create content for yourself. I love that. I am actually taking notes over here. Um, <laughs> I Okay, wait, I want to circle back because I want to make sure my notes are correct. Okay, so first you said, uh, make a list of the things that you're confident about speaking about and that you feel empowered to share. Yes. Right? Okay. Second is your key learnings, like the things that have worked for you. Maybe they'll work for someone else. You're not here to dictate, but et cetera. And then your origin story and not to try to 
um, manufacture one, but rather look back into your experiences and pull out the pieces. Yes. Okay. And I think a fourth, if I can add a fourth, yeah, yes. is, um, is also your value set, right? I mean, mm. we all have things that drive us, um, you know, and sometimes people will, you know, I think another thing that people get really nervous about when they start to write content or when they start to think about their own branding and their own storytelling is they're like, oh, well, everybody seems to be so, you know, so entrenched in their values and and I don't really know what my values are. And I promise you that when you start to kind of write about, um, you know, times where you felt, times where you stood up for yourself in a professional setting, um, times where you you were a manager and you did right by your team, um, a time when you were a kid and you maybe, um, you know, you ran for student council and what was your speech on? Like there are all these little moments that can help you dissect your value set in a way that isn't like, well, I believe in integrity and hard work, you know, Um, there are all of those things that can help you come up with those. And and once you start to see those patterns in your life, you will start, it's like, it's like seeing, it's like buying a red car. And then like the next day you see a bunch of red cars on the street. Um, (laughs) You know, like once you see all of those, all of that evidence of like your values at work, you'll start to see other examples in your life. So I think your, your values and kind of writing about those just in the context of your experiences is super important too. I like that phrase, evidence of your values. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. And you know, uh, I love all this. Are you burnt out, exhausted, stuck, uninspired? Sounds a lot like me in 2021, but I took the time and created the space to figure out what I really wanted, and then I made it a reality. That's what we're doing for other women business owners in our Defining Success Workshop series. Take the time to really define what you want, and then let's build a roadmap to make it happen. Our workshops are filled with strategic and tactical takeaways, are very action-oriented, and help you create change starting immediately. RSVP today for our December 1st Defining Success for Owners Workshop Series in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and visit us at ricksworkshops.com, that's R-I-X workshops.com, to learn more about our 2023 upcoming quarterly workshops in Nashville, Phoenix, Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, one thing I was just thinking about when it comes to storytelling, I know a lot of people listening are probably also thinking about or have authored a book. And, um, you know, I, I just started reading another book recently. And one of the things I've noticed about books that tend to do well is they almost start every chapter with like a little story or anecdote about their past. Yes. And I was listening to this book and I'm like, gosh, how did she remember all these things? <laughs> and I'm like, and right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, I need to just like go for a walk and like vote, like, like write or um, like verbally dictate some of like these random memories that I have. But you I totally think <laughs> to what you are saying, though, I think that that could be a value to everyone listening as they contemplate how to tell their own story, right? Like, I love what you said, like, don't manufacture this. It's already within you. You just have to reflect back on it. Um, I think that's amazing. So, so that being said, you know, um, what are the things that we, as we're going through these things, you listed out those four value or four um, elements. What is it that we commonly forget to share? Sure. So I think that oftentimes we are so, um, we think so much about, and, and I think it's just this, um, the, the comparison trap that we often fall into, whether it's comparing ourselves to other women, comparing ourselves to other business owners, um, comparing, I, I, unfortunately, my, my vice is doing a lot of comparison to people the same age as me. I'm just like, oh, I'm not as far in my career as, as this person is, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think we lose when we do all of that comparing is that we lose all of those tiny little moments in time that make us who we are. So mm-hmm. um, one of the things that that I find super interesting is like I'll I'll, I'll give an example. Um, 
So I had a, I had a client who is a, a leadership coach. And, you know, um, when I first started working with her, she was really wanting to talk about her, um, you know, her um, COO experience and, you know, her um like the fact that she had gotten her MBA and, you know, there were so many wonderful things about this woman that she wanted to share. And of course, this all makes sense, right? She worked hard to get to where she was. She went through a lot of schooling. She went through a lot of training. Um, And one little detail, though, that she picked out was in one of the first things I ever uh, ghost wrote for her. And it was about how um, it's the it's like these little these little jobs or these little experiences that you have on your way, like the stepping stones that you have that often dictate kind of who you are and your values in a way that, that some of those other larger jobs um, never could, or, or they, they just do it in a different way. And so she talked about the summer that she waited tables at a, at a resort in Wisconsin Dells. Right. And like what it taught her about X, Y, and Z. And it's just stories like that because everyone has one of those moments, right. Or most people have one of those moments. Yeah. You know, we all have one of those jobs that was like, maybe not the best job you've ever had, like maybe it paid peanuts, but like it just, it it gave you such a foundational element for who you are and what you think about work and, and like what you want work to be, I guess, um, and, and what you want your role to be in it. And that's just one example, right? But it's just such a, um, what we don't often tell are the little tiny things, you know, Um and I, I don't know, like, all I can think about here is, is just, like, little details about, like, um, like, I just think about this woman that I, my first job was, I was a, I was worked at an Air, or Airbnb, oh my gosh, no, I worked at an Airbnb <laughs> um, as a kid, and the innkeeper was this wonderful woman named Joan, and, you know, she, um, we would talk about books and we would talk about music. And I asked her one time, I was like, how do you keep all the stories together in your head? You know, like you have all these little vignettes that you tell me all the time about like being in Kansas City before you move to, you know, to Door County, Wisconsin. And, you know, like, how do you keep all this stuff in your brain? And she she just said to me, she was like, Mel, it's all writing material. Every single thing you go through in your life, it's all writing material, you know? and I think about that a lot because I think like when we start to talk about all of the big things that we've done and the graduating from college and and the huge roles and the great opportunities and the speaking gigs, those are all amazing, but they never would have happened without the tiny little stepping stones and the realizations that you gather along the way. So I think that that's what gets lost. And I think the other thing that gets lost, and I think with women, this is at least me as a woman, this gets a little tough, um, is that there is a vulnerability that I think is really crucial to have when you're telling your story. And I think that sometimes, I feel like I'm very sunny here. Um, there, the sun just keeps following you. No, it's like, sorry. Um, but there are just, um, vulnerability is not the same as weakness. And I think like, yeah, we often, we often kind of miscategorize that we're like, you know, people tell us to be authentic. People tell us to be vulnerable. And for a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, vulnerable means, you know, that we're weak or that we're sad or that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're not our best selves. And that's not what it means at all. (laughs) Vulnerability actually means that, um, that you are a human being with, that has made mistakes and has faults and, and, and does silly things just like the rest of us do. And, you know, just like, just like people believe, you know, employees of brands more than they believe brands, people believe vulnerable people more than they'll believe, you know, they, they might want the advice of the person that scales to a seven figure business, but they're definitely going to identify more with the person who maybe has a five figure business. But, you know, is going to tell you every, every mistake they made along the way and how their business is stronger because of it. My head is swirling over here right now. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I had to switch the platforms of which I was taking notes on because there's not enough room on this one anymore. Um, I love this so much, Mel. So much because you're absolutely right. Like. 
you know, you think about any of the great people who have accomplished anything, like any CEO, any president, any whatever, you know, um, and the most impactful speeches they may ever make or books they write are the ones that tell you about when they served at a country club or yep. when they, you know, and you're absolutely right. Like, I almost want to like, I want to like jump off this car right now and just go brain dump, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> well, if you ever need someone to help, like you can, you can call me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, careful what you, what you <laughs> offer there. Um, but I love this advice. Um, because you're right. It is the most human way to do things Yep. is, and I, I also love saying that vulnerability is not the same as weakness. Cause I absolutely believe that too, but I think it's, um, I think we need to hear that on repeat in order to believe yes. it sometimes. Yes. Um, so I love that. Uh, wow. I'm just, yeah, swirling over here. Okay. So you are dropping all kinds of golden nuggets. Um, for our, all of our listeners who are probably going to pause right now so they can write down all of their beautiful thoughts, uh, <laughs> when they come back, what are the most impactful ways that people can communicate these stories? Now that we've figured out how to tell our story, how yeah. do we best communicate it? Well, um, I think that there are, you know, I think that there are a lot of ways. And so I'm not sure if we want to go through like tactically like channels or if we want to talk just about like what are the best ways to really kind of start to segment your thoughts. Um, but my feeling um, is I don't know if this is possible for everybody, but there, there was an old school movie in the 90s. And like every time there was like a message or like a, a highlight that like, you know, it was like a, a key learning, you know, there would be this guy that would like poke his head out and go message. And I feel like that sometimes with like LinkedIn posts, like somebody will say something to me and I'll be like, that's a post, like post that, you know, like pop up um, video. Uh, what about video? It's like pop-up video. It totally is pop-up video. Oh <laughs> MTV gosh. 90s or something oh like that. <laughs> I can totally sing that theme song too because I always love pop-up. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, you know, I think that there's a couple ways to, to kind of get your thoughts across in this way. Um, so I think the first, the first way is, um, I'm just going, I'm, I do want to, I do want to talk a little bit about a plat about platforms just for a second. So, yeah, go for you it. know, I am not really a big fan of building a house on real estate you don't own. I'm, I've never been one of those people that like wants you to like go directly to a social media platform or anything yeah. like that. Um, but I do believe that, um, LinkedIn is, is still a space that hasn't gotten overly saturated and crowded yet. Um, and so I do, I do start a lot of my thought leadership and storytelling clients on LinkedIn, just because I feel like it is a great way to a, not only get your thoughts out quickly, but also B, it really serves as a nice testing ground for yeah. content. Um, I think it's really easy to kind of see what people respond to and what people don't frankly, you know, I've had so many questions like, well, what about the algorithm? And should I be posting a selfie? And I am probably the worst LinkedIn expert because I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about the algorithm. Like, I don't care. I just want you to get your thoughts out. Like, I don't yeah. care, you know, like what it sounds like or what it looks like or, or whatever. I just want you to, I want you to start posting content. Right. And I'm sorry, but oh man, the sun is a little intense. Um, <laughs> So I apologize. Um, but so I, I think that that is such a great way to really start to understand, okay, like here's here's what I could post. Here are some of the content pillars or the content themes that I think that I could really, um, you know, consider or think about. And also the thing I love about LinkedIn is that inevitably somebody will comment on something and it'll, it'll spur like an entirely different way of thinking about something. And then yeah. that's another post and that's another post. And, you know, so it just kind of can continue on. Um, and I, I just love that. And I think LinkedIn right now, if you use it, um, if you use it correctly, it's really a force for, for good. There are a lot of kind of Broish, broish people, and and you know, kind of people that are are trying to like pitch slap you with sales sales deals and things. But there are also some incredibly you. yes. I just I just learned that. Phrase. I have never slap. heard that, and I'm writing it down <laughs> because uh, that's amazing. Um, but I think I mean I have. I have had such an incredible time building my own community on LinkedIn over the past year. And yeah. I just 
feel like I found, I found a group of people that really love my content and they don't love it because of anything that the algorithm is doing. They just love it because they, they like me and they you like what I great content. Yeah. yeah thank sure. you. Yeah. Um, but I, I think just in terms of getting started, um, one of the things that I would do is frankly, you know, nothing has to be too long or too, you know, overwrought. Um, you know, I always, and, and honestly, um, you know, I have a, I have a list of like 40 LinkedIn prompts that are just, you know, you, you don't have to, you don't have to start so intensely. It can be something as easy as like, here are three people I met this week and what they taught me. Um, you know, here's a, you know, here is something that, um, people often, um, have misconceptions about, you know, my, my role or, or building a business or, um, you know, here's, here's a crazy idea I had about X. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to get into the storytelling piece so quickly if, if you don't feel comfortable. Um, for me, it's just like, just get something, get something on paper. And like, I don't, I know that sounds strange because then people are like, well, you know, you're really just kind of posting for posting sake. And I don't necessarily believe that's true. I just, sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what way to, here we go. We're just um, sunbeams over here. Yeah, we're, we're just avoiding them. Beams. It's really nice and dark. Oh, here, hello. Um, it's very nice in Door County, Wisconsin today. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where if you don't feel comfortable right away telling that story, that's okay. Tell a version of your story, the version that is excited to have a community on LinkedIn or is excited to be learning something new or, you know, so it, there are so many different ways to tell your story without getting getting into, um, you know, the nitty gritty right away. And then as you feel more comfortable, pull back those layers. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure if that answered the question, but that's kind of some of the things that I think of when I think about like how to tell people to get started. No, I like that. I I'm seriously taking notes over here. Um, cause what <laughs> I heard you say was like, just get started. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. I love this idea of like, just start with prompts and like, just go from there. And yeah. I also love the idea of like the visual that's popping up for me right now in my head is, is like every single prompt is like a baby onion. It is. It is. <laughs> so, it really so is. think of it as like a pearl onion. Yes. I just made beef stew. So think of it as like a little pearl onion. And like every time you feel, you know, a little bit braver or you're ready yes. to like reveal a little bit more, you just peel back little layers yes. um, <laughs> until it's totally open. Yeah. I think one other thing, Kylie, and and maybe this isn't exactly like how you how you start to publish things, but um, I have a story. Um, another indie alum, Alyssa Greenfield, and I we we lead a um, a Slack channel called Rethinking Thought Leadership. So like the whole point is to like really rethink the you know the idea of like who gets to be a thought leader and who doesn't. And I remember the beginning of that that Slack community. Everybody was like, "Oh well, I don't know what my content pillars are. I don't know what my themes are. I don't know what to post about. I don't know what my strategy should be." And it really made me think about the fact that I think so often that's why people don't start is because we as marketers and as business owners are wired to, to, I mean, and it it makes sense, right? It makes business sense to have a business strategy, to have a marketing strategy, to have a roadmap and a framework. And it can be scary when you're just kind of posting on LinkedIn or you're writing a blog based on feeling and emotion and and your expertise, right? It can be kind of silly. Like, what is this all for? But I promise you that it does come together. It's just, I think it's like getting on, getting comfortable with not always having a plan. I think that's maybe the, I think the plan will reveal itself to you, but if you really just want to get started, just start. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's also a good note for all, especially entrepreneurs listening. You know, everything that we do is uh, a work in progress. Yes. Right. Like nobody, I hope (laughs) nobody is like, you know, five years later, still doing the exact same thing they started doing when they started the business five years ago. Right. Right. Like unlikely. Right. Um, Or at least not in the exact same way, the same processes, same deliverables, et cetera. Right. And so the idea that we're constantly uh, iterating and, you know, maybe we should have a little grace with ourselves to go back to what you said, like be vulnerable, um, which I think is actually a strength versus a weakness. Yes. (laughs) Um, And 
especially when it comes to telling your story and, and creating your content, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Now I'm sure everybody listening here is like, okay, cool. Content marketing. I've heard that's great. <laughs> telling my story. That sounds a little scary, but all right. I've, I'm convinced, but my business doesn't exist if I don't sell stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do we use our stories to build our businesses and sell? Yep. So I think the big thing, and and I have worked through this with a couple of of my own um, my own thought leadership and ghostwriting clients, is I think that there is always this idea of like, okay, well, I I have all of these happy customers, you know, and I have these stories. How do I try to fig- figure out how to mash these together? And so um, I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, look, I'm like. People love to understand. I mean, I I hate to use like a well-worn expression, but people really like to understand how the sausage is made. Um, They don't always need to know. Right. They don't always need to know. We're in Wisconsin. It's so so appropriate. I should have said how the bratwurst are made. Um, (laughs) But, you know, people don't need to know every single detail. But what I always tell people is like, look, if, if, especially if you are, you know, if you are a small business owner or you're an individual coach or you're an, you know, you're a, a, agency of one or whatever you're doing, um, you no doubt have a million stories where you helped make somebody's life easier or more streamlined. You made them money, you know, you, you know, what, whatever challenge or pain point you've eliminated for them, those can be fantastic posts. And honestly, they don't have to be like one of my favorite ways to start a LinkedIn post. And I'm sorry that we're just concentrating on LinkedIn, but that's kind of my, my baby. Um, one of my favorite ways is just like, Hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was wrapping up work with a client and, you know, we were looking at their analytics and, you know, we, you know, we increased their website traffic by blah, 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 you know, um, here are some of the ways that we did it. Um, and so in that way, you know, you're not doing this very rote case study where it's like, we, blah, blah, you know, like you aren't like giving them this, you know, kind of boring case study, you're inserting yourself in the solution. You are, um, you're talking about the emotional output of the client and you're telling the story, not so much. I mean, yes, like I, I talk about results, but I also, you know, I say things that they've said to me, like, you know, everyone should have a Mel or, you know, Mel, you've made my life so much easier. And those real comments from people are gold on LinkedIn posts because like, first of all, you have, I mean, every successful business has those kinds of comments and you've had those conversations with your clients. You can speak Mm -hmm. to those situations. And so um, I love kind of writing posts like that because it's not just about, you know, Mel, the business owner or Mel, you know, the anxious person, you know, (laughs) you know, buying another stress ball. It's like, oh, by the way, I have high anxiety and mild depression and I'm also running this successful business. And here's what my clients are saying about it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe in doing things like, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want results, like blah, 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 let's chat and having a CTA to my website. Like I just, I'm, I'm a little bit new school with, with kind of this zero click approach where it's like, if people, if people love that, if they read my little testimonial, my storymonial, like what I do, um, you know, they will see my name, they will go to my website they'll, they'll figure it out. You know, like I think we, we don't give enough people credit sometimes for just like taking the the marketing actions. But, um, but I think that there are ways to, you know, kind of include who, you know, your testimonials or like your results and kind of marry that into um, a post or a blog in a way that just makes it seem like it's like you're a character in, in your customer's story. You know, they're the hero, but you're playing the supporting role. Um, And I love developing posts like that because more often than not, I'll get a LinkedIn post or a LinkedIn message in my inbox being like, oh, I love, you know, I love that story that you told about that nonprofit client. You know, we're looking for some help, you know, and it kind of will go from there. Um, yep. So I think that that, that part is kind of cool, but there's, there's a, there's a nuance to it. You know, it's, it's, it's showing and not telling. Showing and not telling, you know, what else I just heard you say without saying, um, cause I literally have notes over here is um, 
I think you kind of touched on the four elements of telling a story when you just said that example. So, <laughs> you know, like the, the story monial, if you will, yes. um, you know, uh, something that you are empowered to share can speak confidently about yep. the results that you produce for the client, right? Yep. <laughs> Learnings. This is what we learned and yes. AKA the results. And yes. maybe this is applicable to your business. Yes. The original story, like this is where they were and this is, you know, why yeah. we are talking. Um, and for you had talked about values, like you wouldn't be doing this work if it didn't, you know, matter to you. And then cool. I added five, I added a fifth, um, yeah. the real comment or testimonial your story. And I think the whole, I'm going to call the whole thing a storymonial, um, using your word. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I love that, um, framework because I think again, it, people do get really uncomfortable talking about themselves and talking about successes. But when you, you know, break it down in a way that's not yeah. so self-serving, um, yeah, I think that that's much more approachable. Uh, and, I, I love and, I, and I also think that, you know, the, the great thing about platforms like LinkedIn or blog or your own website, right, is like you can, you can get, you can just be unabashedly excited about client work, right? Like I've lost track of the times that I've said things like, this client was so rad to work with and here's the reasons why. And, you know, like they're, you're, you're patting them on the back at the same time that you're kind of divulging the results, which I just think is such a, such a cool way of doing it. It's not, um, you know, you're also encouraging in a weird, in a, not in a weird way, but you're also encouraging people to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go check them out too. You know, I mean, yeah, I might have a need for, you know, a, a nonprofit in Charlotte, North Carolina, or I might, I might Maybe. need a space platform, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, I love that. It's a, it's a two for one. It is. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing, simple and affordable podcast production agency. Hivecast has been instrumental in producing Welcome to Eloma, simplifying our workflow and making our lives so much easier. Their packages range from $500 to $1,000 a month to create audio, video, and marketing creative assets. They've saved us huge on both our bottom line as well as time spent. They also have a sister agency called Fireside, which offers marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, and so much more. And they're all at really reasonable prices for small business owners. The best part is that there's no contract. So you can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code ELOMACAST, E-L-O-M-A-C-A-S-T, and save 50% off your first month of services. Go ahead and give them a try. We have loved working with them. Okay. So if you were talking to a group of entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. aka all of our listeners right now, and you were to say, hey, here are three low hanging fruit opportunities for you to be effective in telling your story and you can do it right now. What would the three things be? I think the three things would be, Oh, that's a great question. And my mind just went blank, but I have lots to say. Um, I think that one low hanging fruit and Kylie, I feel like you're really good at this because you read so much is it's like, what is a business book or a business article that that has changed your perspective on the way that you run your business? So I think like just something like that, like anything educational that you've read is such a low hanging piece of fruit because everyone has that thing, right? Like for me, like the challenger sale and the challenger customer was such a pivotal part of like how I how I think about content marketing, right? And how I okay. think about the relationship between sales and content. Um, or like I have a bunch of other things too about, you know, just whatever. So like, I think everyone has that thing where they're like, that changed my entire perspective. And so, you know, if you've never said anything about that, like now's the time to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that, and I, and I think all three of these things, Kylie, what they all have in common is that even though they're about you, they actually celebrate other things and other people, which I think is a mm. key part of your story because mm -hmm. If you can include other people in your story and it doesn't matter what platform you're on, you'll find that that kind of content reverberates and it gets a, I mean, like I said, don't care so much about the algorithm, but it does get more engagement. <laughs> so that's always true. Um, so I think the second thing is like, 
what are some people that have just been instrumental in your business growth, right? I mean, I can name five people off the top of my head and they all have LinkedIn profiles, right? You know, the coaches that I've worked with, bosses I've worked with, um, you know, people younger than me that I've learned from that are just like powerhouses in marketing. And I can point to these people as like, these are the people who have given me my modern growth, my modern marketing growth spurt, right? Over the past like two years. Um, And I think just elevating those voices like is just such an important part of telling your own personal personal story. And then I think the other thing too, is if you have one, like I have a mantra that is, it's, I expect great things to come my way this year. And so I think everyone has that, that like watchword or that thing or that word or intention that they hope for, you know, in, in a year. Um, And it's like, you know, how are you trending to that word? You know, it, it's November, it's October 31st, right? It's Halloween. Um, you know, how are, how are you doing? Are, you know, are you, am I still expecting great things to come my way this year with two months, in, <laughs> like, or two months still have to go? Heck yeah. Right. Um, but I just think like, is there anything that you've kind of been repeating in your head over the past year, or maybe it's as you're building your business, and, you know, it, what's the touchstone there? You know, are you are you close to it? Are you far away? What have you learned? Um, and so I think like that part is just kind of a nice introspection. Um, and you can also lean on other people for that, too. You know, it just maybe like what what are some people that have maybe changed your perspective or have made your growth possible? Um, so I think like, honestly, any time that you can divulge some insight, share some education and lift up some other people, um, it's, you know, it it is your story, but it's, you know, it's always, other people are always going to be a part of your story. And so I've had a ton of people that have said, what got me most comfortable in talking about myself was talking about myself in the context of other things and other people. And that made me a bit, that made it a bit easier to pull, you know, to pull off or pull apart those baby onions, as you'd say, and start kind of getting to like the core of me. Yeah. I love that. I seriously have so many notes over here. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. we got a couple more questions for you. Um, Mel, you are a busy lady. Um, (laughs) what are you working on now? What are you most excited about in the next, you know, upcoming year or so? Yeah. So I am transitioning my business. So right now I have a combination of brand clients. I work mostly in the um, nonprofit education and and SaaS like technology space. So um, I am being very particular and intentional about the brand clients that I'm taking and working with because I do want to focus more on working with individual women and whether they're entrepreneurs or business owners, um, you know, and working with um, and also working with companies who believe that C-suite executives um, should be, should have a thought leadership voice on platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or part of their company blog or or that sort of thing. Um, So that is kind of what I've been migrating towards for probably the past eight months. I finally changed like my LinkedIn, you know, headline and I finally niche down, you know, after just years and years of being like, no, I'm curious. I like everything. I'm going to do everything. <laughs> um, and so the, the niching down is, is what I'm focusing on. And I think also what I'm focusing on is working less, um, which I know, which is a really, a really tough thing, but, um, I, I had a really good year this year, but it did not come without a couple big doses of burnout. And so mm-hmm. um, I just feel like as I'm shifting my business, I want to be really intentional with my time. Um, you know, building, having your own business, I feel is is only good if you are able to spend time doing what you truly, I mean, not that I don't want to write for a living, of course I do, but um yeah. You know, but when you're working weekends and you're working nights, it can get hard to be like, wait, like, what's all of this for? So my Am I goal still is to do this. <laughs> I know, and honestly, I, I definitely had. I've had some of those moments where I'm like, maybe this just isn't the right, the right career, or the right space for me. And what I started to realize is that it is the right career. It's just that I need to really set some boundaries. Yeah. Um, really be um, intentional about the kind of work I take. Um. I'm, I've proven myself that I'm good at what I do and I'm a good writer. And now I feel like I can just, you know, in the words of, of Snoop Doggy Dog, back up off a bit and set my cup down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just quoted Snoop. 
That's amazing. Our uh, our poet laureate and yours. <laughs> there you go. Um, amazing. Well, good for you though, and you know, for everybody listening, uh, you know, I encourage everybody to to think about that. I think we're all a little tired, and yeah. and slowing it down and working a little bit less is, you know, ultimately a really good thing because we come back so much more refreshed and typically tend to do better work anyway. Yeah. Um. So I love that. Um. All right. Mel, I have two last questions for you. Yeah, you ready? Yes. What impact do you want to make on the world or what legacy do you want to leave? I want, can I, can I swear? Can I say a bad word? Absolutely. <laughs> can I say a bad word? Um, I want women to feel I want women to feel like they're badasses. And I feel like the way that I'm able to do that is to hold a mirror up to them and to let them know that all of the the tiny moments in their career, all the sacrifices they've made in their personal and their professional lives, um, all of the all of the fodder, you know, that they have never thought was interesting or, you know, they they maybe forgot about. It's all it's all so ripe to share and it's all it all makes up the story of who they are. And um, I have had the pleasure of just I mean, I, I have about five personal branding clients right or five ghostwriting clients right now. They're all women. They're all either, you know, VPs and above or they own their own businesses. And it is a joy to be able to get emails like. Mel, I've never felt so heard or seen in, you know, like the work that we're doing together. Um, I have never felt comfortable saying these things out loud. I've never, um, I've never thought that I would share that story. Um, I never thought anybody would care. And, and lo and behold, people care. People love the things that they're sharing. Um, you know, they're getting emails like, oh man, I didn't know anyone was going through that. And we can talk all we want about how, you know, we're all going through the same things and, you know, like no one's alone. But when you are building a business or when you're leading one as a female, it is an incredibly lonely place. And I just want women to know that not only are they doing a hell of a job, they have every right to be on LinkedIn, just like proud as hell of what they're doing and sharing whatever it is they want to share and writing what they want to write. And, you know, it is, it is truly, you know, as, as Joan said, it is truly all writing material. And I just feel like any time that I can help a woman realize how freaking cool she is and, and how much that story deserves to be told. Um, that's the legacy I want to leave because I just don't feel that when I was coming up professionally, I had enough of those women telling me that. And, um, I just want to be that for somebody else. I have so many feelings about that, but they're all good ones. Um, thank you so much, Mel. That's lovely. And I, I hope that legacy for you because I think the world will absolutely be a better place for it. Um, And your last question here is what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Um, my greatest discovery is maybe not the the biggest one or the the most in, insightful one but the but it's true um the work truly never ends you know there is no finish line when you're an entrepreneur and part of that is by design because we are a very specific breed we mm-hmm. always are looking to the next thing you know whether it's a um, a new program or a podcast or a, a, a way to a way to connect with people. Right. Um, and also, you know, some of us are just relentless in the pursuit of perfection. Like I will raise my hand and, and say, I'm not just a recovering perfectionist. I, I've never even had the opportunity to recover. I'm just a perfectionist. <laughs> um, but but the work truly never ends. And it is up to you to just again, like put the pen down, close the computer. Like that to-do list is going to be there when you get, when you get up tomorrow morning. And if it, even if it gets done, something new will pop up in its place. And this is the life that in a lot of ways we signed up for, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's, 
it has to be a hamster wheel. And that's something that I feel like I relearn every day. Um, But it's also helping me really realize like why I wanted to get into self-employment because I initially got into self-employment because I just thought I was too weird for the corporate world. (laughs) And now now I just know that the real reason I got into self-employment is because I wanted a freedom that, that, that it just, the, the corporate world could not allow me. Um, And I really want that freedom that I, that I told myself that, that self-employment promised. And so I'm, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm scratching and clawing my way toward it. And I'm excited about what's to come. I love it. Mal, you have given me so many notes and golden nuggets today. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise (laughs) and your wisdom and vulnerability. (laughs) Honestly, really lovely chat. Um, For anybody who's listening and they feel like I do right now, and they're like, I got to talk to Mel. What is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Absolutely. So you can look for me on LinkedIn. Um, just, you know, search Mel Rip or Melissa Rip. Um, I should come up um, pretty easily. Just look for the blonde hair. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Peapod Mel. Um, and then if you did want to send me an email for any reason, um, my email is mel at workwithpeapod.com. So just say, send an email to say hello. Um, if you are also a smelly candle enthusiast like me, who's smell <laughs> your favorite scents. Um, we can certainly start a conversation. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, well, we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Mel, thank you so much um, for anybody listening who loved this conversation as much as I did. Um, please go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, and in the meantime, Mel, thank you again. It's been lovely. And I'm so grateful we had you on the show. Same. Thank you so much, Kylie. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.